All right. So in two weeks, we're doing a listener's episode uh, where we want to answer some of your guys' questions. So send us questions to at ScarapyPod on Instagram. I also want to get your feedback and your requests on movies. So send us anything you want us to, to go over either live or movies you want us to review so that I can tell you that you're a fucking moron. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram or you can hit us up at scarep at gmail.com. I'm moving this to the beginning because I don't know you fuckers are listening when you ex- fucking skip my outros. <laughs> all right, guys. So before we get into the episode, just want to give a quick shout out to all of our social medias. We got Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, all at Scarapy Pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Stab that like button. And give us five stars on Spotify. We don't know what it does, but hey, I heard it helps. You can support us on Anchor through our link tree. There will be a tab that says support us. Click on that. You can donate anywhere between a dollar to, I believe, ten dollars. Anything helps. Give us money. This week on Scarapy, Hush is on the couch. I bet you think the song is about you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another session of Scarapy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Brown. Joined with me, as always, is the blind and deaf man himself, Zach Singer. I wish I was for every movie we've watched, because these are <laughs> goddamn pieces of shit for the most part. Yeah, they're mostly bad. Why do you make me watch these movies? Um, Profit? I look at the books. There's no profit. <laughs> Never once has there been profit. <laughs> You're right. I keep buying things. Severe credit card debt. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> we have two mics, two sets of headphones, a webcam, a whole bunch of other garbage around here we don't use. Well, since you mentioned it, I'm just going to bring it up. Hit it. We got headsets that we're going to start using next week because we forgot to buy one key... Uh, part of a headset setup. Yeah, another thing I get to fucking buy. Yeah, so uh, this will hopefully be the last episode with this standalone mic and the kind of echoey audio. But um, until then... John Maxey, you fucking deal with it. Yeah, John. You don't need John. I don't know you. Go fuck yourself. I've seen I've seen your comments. One that I screenshot and sent to you? <laughs> yeah. Alright, great job. <laughs> One more than I get. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Alright, so let's get into some uh, general info about this movie. Hush. 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 <laughs> and for the rest of this time, we'll be silent because this movie is not that good. So, Hush came out March 12th of 2016. That sounds about right. Yeah. Right. I thought you were going to say like 2020 and I was about to lose my shit. No, it's a very mid 2010s movie. It feels like it. Mm-hmm. Alright, it hit its spot. So, it's got a runtime of an hour and 22 minutes, and I think it's a super quick watch. Man, I, it wasn't the worst, but it definitely, by the end of it, I was like, god damn it, just finish it. And like, the end's not twist, but plot change? I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Just, I was surprised and then super over it. So, like, I I was really done watching this movie before the end of this movie. I don't know, I think with a, a movie like this that has a very similar runtime to Evil Dead, 
I think this was a lot quicker of a watch than Evil Dead. Oh man. In my mind. I loved Evil Dead though. I love those movies. I know you did. Yeah, they're so good. Bruce um, if Bruce Campbell was in this movie, I would have watched it more. If Bruce Campbell was in any movie, I'd watch it more. That's true. Uh, I watched that Oz Great and Powerful. He was in that for a minute. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, so, what is the Rotten Tomatoes rating? What do you think? This movie is like a hard mid-range movie to me. I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't love it for sure. I, I would barely say I liked it. Like... For me, it's going, like, a straight 50. And I bet you you're going to say something like 156 because people cummed all over themselves watching this movie. Well, um, I know you can see me smiling, yes. but uh, this movie has a 93%. 100% undeserving of this. <laughs> I agree. I don't understand these ratings. and We, we need to find a better system to grade these on. The movie's very fine at best. I mean, That's me... an okay plot... The entire twist of the movie is, like, in the first eight minutes, yeah. and then the rest is like, this is fine. Uh, it had a budget of one million. That actually sounds about right. Most of that was probably on this fucking cabin, because it is mm -hmm. a pretty swanky place. And uh, it kind of crushed in the box office. 13.6 million back. Damn. Um, That's a banger out of here right there. Thank <laughs> you, computer. Yeah, it finally wasn't my fault. Yeah, it's a notification from you, so... I think I talked over it, so we should be fine. Motherfucker. <laughs> it was directed by Mike Flanagan. Uh, this name sounded super familiar, and mm -hmm. I can't tell if it was because I'm thinking of Kevin Smith and Walt Flanagan. Who the fuck is Mike Flanagan? To be honest with you, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I, was, I literally didn't look this up because I expected you to do it. No, this is the one time I didn't look up what a director's done. Um, because his name just sounded so familiar to me that I figured you would know something. I don't know shit about shit. Yeah, go ahead and IMDb it. I am currently it's... Midnight Mass, The Haunting. Oh, he did Doctor Sleep. I actually like oh, that movie. Oh, of course. Okay. Uh, did Ouija, which that is not a banger shit, at all. We gotta do Ouija. <laughs> I just Ouija my pants thinking about it. Not a lot, but it's a lot of horror. Uh, the, of course, cult classic Oculus Chapter 3, The Man with the Plan. I didn't know there was another Oculus movie. There's three, apparently. I didn't know there was a one of them. I only knew about the first one. That's well, funny. there's two more, and he didn't do either of those. Uh, yeah, a lot of horror shit. Yeah, so he's a horror director. Yeah, I mean... Okay. That's cool. I, I think direction-wise, this movie was fine. I, it's the plot that really bugs me. And I'd say, like, the lack of writing, I guess. Sure. So this, uh, this movie stars John Gallagher Jr., Michael Trujillo and Kate Seagull, who is Mike Flanagan's wife. I was 100 percent sure you were gonna say <laughs> Jason Seagull's daughter. Yeah. Jason Seagull, Steven Seagull. Why is he? Jason Seagull's a person. Jason Seagull is Jason Statham, maybe. Steven Seagull is also a person. I mean, he's more potato and beef jerky, but he is a person on all technical levels. Jason Seagull. Oh, Fucking no. nailed it. They both kick people in the necks, I guess. He came out with a movie this year. I bet he did. And I bet you it was fucking terrible. Oh. Just like the last 30 years of the movies he's been making. Alright, let's get into the um, A deaf rider living in the woods has to fight to survive when a masked killer appears in her window. Even the synopsis is not 100%. Mm -hmm. Before we get into the questions, I, I do want to say there is there's a romance subplot in this movie that I did not write any notes down for because it simply does not matter. 
I don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. Um, I guess I'll just explain it really quick. Um, there's a man named Craig mentioned a couple times oh, at the start. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I meant to ask you about this, and I totally blocked this out. Of, it was so yeah. insignificant. She calls him twice, and then that's it. I feel like it was supposed to be yeah. that the killer was Craig or something like that. Well, there's a spot later that it vaguely comes up, and maybe it hits there. I'll, I'll explain my thought. It's a really poor theory that holds okay. no, no water, but it's the only thing I can think of. But I think you're right. It definitely it, fell apart on the cutting room floor. It, it has no no hold on. I'm sure there's more to it. Yeah. Because he even has like a picture on the FaceTime or something. Like you do see a glimpse of him for a second, mm-hmm. but that's it. Yeah. It was. Anyway. Useless. Yeah. So let's get into the questions here. Um, so since this was a precursor to the whole sensory deprivation horror craze. Um, are you interested in movies that take away common senses like Bird Box or A Quiet Place? Movies like that. Uh, I guess your general thoughts on that kind of movie and are you interested in more of them? I mean, interested, no, because I don't like creating content based off of what's hype. Mm-hmm. But like, were those movies good? Also, no, but no. I get it. Like, uh, I like A Quiet Place. I liked A Quiet Place. It was fine. Did you see the second one? No, because it looked fucking terrible. But I'll watch it eventually. Uh, but, like, Bird Box was not good. Bird Box was terrible. I hated it. I don't know why people lost their shit over it. I, I like, I had to pause it a few times because I couldn't get through it. Man. Yeah, it's it was a, a bad It movie. was a rough, 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 rough rush. Uh, rough rush. <laughs> Scooby, no! <laughs> Fucking oh, back the dark to the, verse. Yep. He's coming by. The friendly. <laughs> yes. Um, like so, yeah. Like to answer that, I don't like the idea of creating content just for that idea. Mm-hmm. But it is an interesting idea. I really liked the idea of this movie. And again, I, I told you off off air. The thing that makes this movie so interesting is ruined in the first like eight minutes for me. Sure, yeah. And I'll explain why a little later. See, a movie that comes to my mind when I think about the whole sensor, sensory deprivation horror is uh, Don't Breathe. Oh, I fucking hated that yeah, movie. Yeah, that movie was terrible, and the second one was even worse. I couldn't believe they made wow. a second one. And, like, that was some cringe shit that happened in that first one. Yeah. That movie was a garbage they, pile. They turned him into, like, a hero. Yeah. Seemingly, at least. And I, I just couldn't do it. The movie was bad. Like, that was one that were just, it felt yeah. super forced. Yeah. And that's where I think, like, creating content based off of general census of popularity just ruins I agree. content. Um, okay, our other question today is if you if you had to pick one sense to lose, which would it be? Touch? Yeah? I guess. I don't know. Touch. They all seem bad. I'm going smell. Mm, I don't know, man. You smell me a Reese's? Or better yet, wait, I've got something for you. Oh. Can I offer you an egg in this trying time? <laughs> what the? Can you smell this egg? <laughs> Why did you have an egg in your pocket? I was gonna eat it earlier, but I thought it'd be funnier to ask you that on on the podcast, <laughs> which I'm gonna eat. God damn it, banger audio, you piece of shit. Who who is it? Your fucking mom? <laughs> it's Pokemon Go. All right, I'm okay with that. I gotta catch me that fucking new guy. I'm gonna peel this egg though. Fucking. Okay, man. Well, while you're peeling that egg, let's get into this movie. You go for it. I'm, um, I'm gonna hush this up. Because it opens in the kitchen with a cooking scene. 
A very um, shitty one. Yeah, so the movie begins with the camera approaching a cabin in the woods, and not the one that Zach wants it to be. Not the good one. Um, <laughs> where our main character is cooking, and we hear noises of the kitchen until the camera focuses on her face, and the sounds fade out. And what looks like the weirdest fucking sauce? I don't know what she's trying to cook. Dude, I don't know. It looked terrible. Uh, she then gets a message from her neighbor, Sarah, uh, who says, I'm coming over. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's on her iPad, which before I knew what the movie was going on, I was yeah. like, why is she on her iPad texting? Like, it seemed really awkward. Um, and then we, we see a picture of her and someone that at the time of writing I thought was her friend. Um, it's another, like a redheaded girl. Uh, uh, again, very unnecessary character in plot. Well, I guess no, it does come up a little yeah. bit, but not much. And we'll get there, so. Like, still not. They could have written without her, no problem. Yeah, so there's a, a picture of her and another uh, red-headed lady next to a totally random and not important corkscrew. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> Maddie, uh, our main character, tells Sarah that she is going, uh, a trying, oh, a trying. A trying. She is. I got to try and make damn dinners, but it's hard. Yeah, she says she's she's attempting to cook, but she's just making a mess right now. Uh, then Sarah texts back, "Well, it can't be going that bad because I don't see any flames yet." As she's walking up, and Maddie is watching her walk up while yeah. she's texting, and like they very clearly see each other. It, it is a distance, but it's like save your bullshit comments for in person. Yeah. So Sarah gets to the house, and we learn that not only is Maddie an author. Uh, she's also deaf and mute. And the way we find out she's an author is Sarah gives her her book that's like an autobiography about her being deaf and mute. It's, called, it's, it's either called, it's called Midnight Mass, actually. It's a is it really? It, it's a reference to one of my wow. explaining movies. Okay, I didn't realize that. I yeah. didn't look at the title. I just remember they show the, like, synopsis. And yeah. it's at age 13, something happened, and I forgot how to use my new gun. Yeah, the, the book is called Midnight Mass, which, like you mentioned earlier, is Mike Flanagan, another one of his movies. The show, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he did a show. It's a just came out or is coming out. Or something. Yeah, even better. I don't know much about it. Um, and Sarah says that the ending of this book really caught her by surprise. Uh, Maddie explains that um, she she can see every possible ending to a book in her head. Um, I really hate this explanation. Yeah. It feels really forced. Yeah, she says, you know, I, I see I see every explanation that there, or not explanation, I see every ending that there could be in my head, like a movie. Um, my mom called it. My mom calls it writer's brain. I don't get it. It's a really flimsy excuse. Yeah. It comes up a little bit later, and even then I don't think it really has a good use. Yeah, and then um, Sarah asks Maddie, do you have a voice in your head? Because, of course, she's deaf and mute. Right. <laughs> we need to get that point across. Um, and Maddie says, yeah, but it's her mom's voice. I actually really like that. Uh, I recently learned not everybody has an internal monologue. Yeah, super weird. blows my mind. I, I for sure have one. I, God damn it. Mm -hmm. It just keeps telling me to murder and son of Sam. It's fucking wacky. He's telling me to kill John Lennon. <laughs> I can't stop watching those fucking cat videos. <laughs> kill John Lennon. Ugh. Well, he deserved it. Then an alarm goes off in her house, along with a like huge strobe light, um, and her attempt at food has caught fire, pretty much. And they they have this really long conversation. Like we we summed it up because it really has no depth. No. Um, and the whole time watching, I was like, oh well. So the 
food's gonna burn. What's going on with this food? Because, like, they very clearly open with it, and then she just, she walks outside away from it yeah. while everything is... And she's, like, tasting this food and making weird faces, like, this is garbage, I need to cook this better. And then just walks outside. Uh, Super weird. Yeah, but... and she is going... I'm sorry. So, no, I was just saying, it's literally just for this alarm to go off. Yeah. Which is... So, yeah, she explains that uh, she needs the alarm to be not only super loud, but also a flashing light, so uh, she can feel the vibrations if right. she's asleep, and also if she's in another room and can't feel the vibrations, she'll see the light. Right. Uh, which I actually liked that explanation. It, it is a great explanation, and I'm sure that's a legit thing. Yeah, I, I never thought yeah. about, like... Yeah, how, how hard is that light yeah, how, 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 gotta be? I mean, I have very bad hearing problems, but I'm not necessarily deaf. I mean, we can have a conversation and you can yeah. hear me. I mean, you can't fucking hear a goddamn thing most no. of the time, but <laughs> yes bad. and, motherfucker. It's bad. It's actually great for the podcast, because I just fucking go, and as soon as he sees my lips stopping, he's just, all right, back to the movie. Uh, and then later on... Nailed it on the timing. <laughs> and then later on, Sarah asks if Maddie wants to come over to her house, uh, and they can watch a movie with Sarah's boyfriend, John. Uh, but Maddie says, I gotta work. She's gotta, John. she's gotta finish up this book that she's working. And she brings up, uh, Sarah brings up John a couple of times, I think right here. Is, it, is this the first mention of him? I think she mentions him in a text earlier, too. Um, not that I can think of. Uh, it's very vague, but like she's just so into her boyfriend, mm-hmm. John. So Sarah leaves, and Maddie gets to work trying to finish this book. Uh, we see that she has seven endings written at this time, and she hates them all. Yeah, and I, I like that she kind of pulls them up one by one, and you can kind of read what's going on yeah. for this book. You don't get a lot of context on it, but it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she she's kind of, we hear that voice in her head saying like, oh, what if I make the character die? No, that doesn't make any sense. What if I do this? No, that wouldn't make any sense. Right. Uh, she's just working. Yeah, and she, she gets up and starts cleaning up the, the kitchen mess from before when a extremely bloody Sarah slams into her door, screaming for help, pounding on the door. Uh, and Maddie doesn't notice as a crossbow bolt flies into Sarah's back that a man in a, like a vest, a jacket, a white mask, and a beanie walks up behind Sarah. It's like straight hunter's gear and yeah. this mask, and it's just a super bland face. I love the mask. I really like the mask. And we'll we'll get to something about that in a little bit here. Um, so, and then he just stabs Sarah in the stomach about ten times. Bunch of times. Well, because he starts to kill her, and then it, and maybe I'm going to have you apologize, but like, he's stabbing her and noticing that uh, Maddie's not reacting. So yeah, he's he's trying, he's kind of like pushing her body into the door, right. and and Maddie's just walking from the table to the sink to she's the table She's doing the dishes, sink. yeah, she's and, just walking around. And he's staring directly in through the door at her the whole time. Right. Um, I really like this interaction, because he's, mm-hmm. it, it seemed legitimate. Yeah. Though I don't know if she could hear what he would have, like, what was his game plan, I guess, just to kill her. But Yeah, just to scare her. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting that it's like, just kind of figuring it out, you're kind of figuring it out with him, even though you already know what's going on, yeah. but I really like how they, that played out. We, we see the realization on, on through his eyes as he slowly stops stabbing and just lets Sarah's body fall to the ground. Uh, then he, he just stares at the window and starts banging on the door, uh, again trying to get her to notice him, 
But I like it too because he starts with the tap and then yeah. it gets a little harder. And then he, he's like slamming on the door for a minute. Yeah. It's a really, again, the, the realization scene is really solid. Yeah, and then she, you know, doesn't notice him, so he just drags Sarah's body away. Um, and he's like very clearly figured out, oh, mm-hmm. oh, she's deaf. Yeah, and then Maddie goes back to writing, and then we see um, the intruder, which is one of his two names labeled on the IMDb for this movie. Huh, it's I, I the, like the intruder and I believe either the man or the killer. He doesn't have an actual name. So Maddie goes back to writing, and then we see the intruder is now behind her uh, in the house as he draws his knife. Uh, and you get the classic, like, unsheathing sound knife. I love that sound. It's a really good sound. It just reminds me of, uh, like, Freddy or Jason. He's just those old school. Yeah, it, it hits hits just right. Uh, he starts tapping the knife on his, on his like, chest piece, trying to get her to turn around. Uh, and when she doesn't react, he puts the knife away. Then she gets a FaceTime call causing him to quickly step back to avoid being caught on camera. Really good. Love that. Um, I, I think we skipped over a part that I really want to mention. Sure. Right before the kill happens of Sarah, mm-hmm. where she's writing her book, she can't figure it out. Is this has this already happened? What, she starts typing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like, I just love when she starts typing. She can't figure out her ending, so she opens up a new one. And just starts typing blah 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 la 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 ending and stuff then, yeah like ending stuff and then just says give me money I fucking laughed so hard and, and it kind of comes up later it's not relevant at all but I just love that page or just give me money it's like that's exactly what I would write at the end of a yeah. book end of the, I mean how do I how do I guess start every podcast now give me money <laughs> yeah uh, and then the the FaceTime call comes in it is. Maddie's friend or sister, I couldn't really tell. I assume it's her sister. Sister. Um, Max. And it's the redhead girl from the picture earlier. Um, they, they call each other Squish and Squash. Yeah, I don't <laughs> get it. It seemed really weird. It seemed very like, hey, these these two are sisters. Yeah, it was a, a, just to force a relationship in a matter of seconds. Because the call is really short. Yeah. Um, Maddie says, look, this book I'm writing is going to kill me. Uh, and then Max eventually brings up that you know she's she's worried about Maddie living alone, uh, and she's you know isolating herself. Um, then Maddie brings up, of course, isolation happened to her, uh, bringing up the the deaf mute. Deaf mute. Yeah, but she also brings up being not uh, being alone, not in a relationship. So like she'd just yeah. been out of a relationship, and she mentions like she had just signed up for a I think a deaf. Uh, dating site. And there so, were only four guys in, yeah. within like 30 miles. So just, just alluding to she was in a relationship is, is out of it and now is just living on her own in this you know secluded cabin yeah. in the middle of the woods. And then we see the intruder grab Maddie's phone in the background. Max kind of sees him and asks Maddie you know who who's there? Maddie kind of shrugs it off. Uh, blames it on her cat actually. Love this cat by um, the way. So, I actually glossed over that. So, her cat ran out of the house when the, the house caught fire, or the, the food caught fire. Right. And she says, oh, the cat's probably back. The independent little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> really good, because she's, I think she signs that, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Uh, shrugs it off, and then they hang up, and she goes back to writing. Uh, and it just kind of, again, kind of glazed back to where we were. Like, they built the whole relationship of her and her sister in like a 30 second conversation Mm -hmm. 
just to reveal really nothing. Well, it's actually what they do reveal is good information, but very forced and it could have been done in a lot of better ways, I feel like. It's important for later on. Yeah. Uh, actually, very soon. So. Yeah, but like I feel like they could have done it in different ways to make it better. So, she goes back to writing before getting a picture from her own phone. Like, it says Maddie's phone. So, and to... So, so, you know, she's deaf, so she gets notifications on her... Her laptop, laptop iPad. iPad, like, everything. You know, she gets all that information. So... She gets this picture, and the picture is of her sitting and writing. And then we get another one of her walking around the house, and then a couple more of her just in different rooms. Um, then we get one of her uh, with her kind of look of surprise from getting these pictures. Literally seconds after yeah. she, sees, she sees the photo, she gets a picture of herself reacting to these photos. And then she slowly turns to where the... the picture would have come from, and we see a slightly open door that she approaches to see the intruder standing outside of the door with her phone held up in his hand. Which I really like this scene. He's not... You think he's gonna be gone, like they're really building the suspense, and it's like, okay, she's gonna look at the door, he's gonna be gone, he's still fucking with her. Mm -hmm. No, he's just standing there. I like give a fuck. Even more so, He's there, and he doesn't just jump at her. No, he just stands. Stands there. like he Perfect. knows he wants to fuck with this woman, and you can feel it. So she sprints forward to close the sliding door just before he gets there, locks it, and they have a, a little stare off for a couple seconds. All right, and then he calmly starts walking around the house before she barely, just by a second, beats him to the back door, um, and they they have another little standoff before he walks away. She runs back to her laptop and tries to FaceTime 911, uh, but the power gets cut, and it says you need to connect to a network to use this service. That was like a pretty banger move, right? Like, power cut, not that crazy, but it's like, oh, her only means of communication is via the internet. Yeah. Uh, The intruder then stares at her through a window, and he scratches his knife across one of the panes of glass. I hate that scene. I didn't like it either. It didn't do anything for it, and it was just pretty lame. Yeah, she can't hear you. Yeah, you know that. it didn't look cool either. Uh, he walks over to her car and slashes all the tires before walking off. I like that he does all four. Yeah. It's a slow... You're really getting the feel that he's not just here to kill people, mm-hmm. he's here to fuck with people. Maddie goes and grabs uh, a stick of lipstick um, and writes on the door, and then she turns on a flashlight. This motherfucker can write backwards like a champion, by the way. <laughs> yeah, man. So she she writes it, sits and waits, and turns the flashlight on. Then he appears in front of her outside the door, sees Maddie's message that says, uh, won't tell, haven't seen face, boyfriend coming home soon. And I think this was... This is what I was talking about a little earlier. The only reason they brought up Craig, the love interest, yeah. or former love interest, because they mentioned a couple of times, was just to... She's smart. She's thinking about what to say. Yeah. Um, it's it's still flimsy, but it's the only thing I think of. So he then removes his mask, asks if she can read his lips, and then says, Now you've seen my face. Super good scene. I do like it. But this is the point where I'm like, man, 
I really liked it in the time, and I really hate it the more I think about it. Because mm -hmm. one of the things I liked most about the like preview shots and everything is this, this, this guy in the mask, he's fucking with this girl. See, that's my one complaint with this movie, is that he takes off the mask way too soon. Way too early. But like, I, I like it because they jump straight into this movie. There's mm -hmm. very little setup, but they give you everything you need. And he goes, you know, he tells you exactly why he's there, and we'll get into that in a second. You know, who he is, what he's doing, it's, there is no bullshit with it. Yeah. It is a very direct uh, storyline. Mm -hmm. But it takes out a lot of the suspense of, these, of the character, because you just, he's now just this guy. Yeah, and he doesn't put the mask back on. No, not at all. Which, man, I love this mask. The mask is really good, and it's super generic, but it, it it's like uh, Michael Myers in the first Halloween, it, it looks super generic, which we all know is William Shatner's face, <laughs> but it's just like this very blank mask, no real feature to it other than general facial features. Yeah, it's got like a smile on it. Yeah, it, it just lo it looks solid. It's very menacing yeah. in this nighttime scenario. Um, he then says he can come in there whenever he wants, but he's going to wait until she wishes that he was there, or that she was dead, and then he walks away. Not a great line, but I th I it's think solid. So. I think him saying, I can come in whenever I want to. I like that. That's great. Yeah, the when I'm coming in is whatever. Yeah, and, and they touch on that a couple times. They're like, I'm, I can come in whenever. Right. He says that a couple times in kind of different ways. Yeah. Um, she kind of, she sits in like complete terror for a second before slowly getting up. She goes right to the kitchen. She grabs a fucking knife. Um smart. I like the play. Like, it makes sense. It seems pretty realistic in what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. She still kind of has advantage. She's in her house. Yeah, she's deaf and mute, but she knows this place yeah. really so she, well. She grabs a knife and she also grabs a hammer. Yeah. Uh, I love the dual wielding. Oh yeah, every time. <laughs> that SOA style. So she, she closes SOA. herself. My bad. Sword art online? No. Oh, it's garbage, but <laughs> at, like, episode seven, it peaks with dual wield and then goes on for about eight more seasons of pure trash. Uh, she closes herself in a bedroom and blocks the door with, like, a dresser. Uh, she sits up against the wall, and we see the intruder's shadow uh, coming through a window as he starts, like, knocking on the window. I like the imagery. I hate what happens next. Yeah. It's just dumb. Uh, Maddie slowly stands up and sees that it's actually Sarah's body uh, with her hand up. And he's he's holding her, banging her up against the window like she's knocking. Yeah. Um, but he's not hiding himself really at all. He's like, just standing behind He's her. fucking with her. It's yeah. just, hey, I've already killed her. Because she doesn't know this yet. Yeah. She's not seen this body. She's just, who's this fucking guy? Maddie stumbles back, drops the hammer, and completely abandons that room. Um... She gets out of the room, she falls to the floor crying, she also drops the knife. Um, she then remembers, wait, Sarah had her phone in her pocket, uh, because we see her put it in her pocket earlier that yeah. day. Uh, she runs... I mean, if you didn't see it, it's a, like, what happens next is a really good play. Mm -hmm. if you assume that she's got a phone on her, it's yeah. not a bad assumption. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone has a phone, right? Right. So she, she runs and grabs her car keys and tries to use the car alarm as a distraction, but it's too far away. So she has to open the, the kitchen door, uh, and then she sets off the car alarm. 
good fake out here. I like the tension, like, oh, he's clearly going to be outside that door when she turns it on. There's not. There, there's a, a lot of really good scenes where she does these fake outs. Mm-hmm. Or she, the, the whole movie is escape attempts, and they're really good ideas that get thwarted by, like, kind of vague, I'm just a good killer. Like, there's a yeah. quite a few of them are like, that was stupid. Or if you'd just done this, like, you would have just banged out. But... I really like her thought process. You could just tell she's written as a very intelligent character. She's a writer. She has writer brain, or what yeah. the fuck that means. But the way she manipulates the situation to try and get out is really good. Yeah, so the, the car alarm goes off, causing the intruder to run over to the car. Maddie runs back to her room and leans out the window, like almost to the point where her knees are holding her in it, yeah. um, grabbing at pretty much Sarah's back pockets looking for the, the phone. Right, and I, I, again, I like the idea, but she spends, like, way too long looking for this phone in the same four pockets. Yeah, like, you can't see it. It's not there. Right. It's, it's very obvious. Like, it seemed like she was waiting for this guy to get on cue, because he was sauntering way too slow to yeah. finish his bagel yes. at the craft service table. <laughs> everything bagel, I gotta enjoy it. Oh, that's goddamn right. I fucking hate everything bagels. <laughs> Because they have goddamn salt on them, and salt bagels are garbage. I have strong opinions on salt bagels. That's bagels a bonus in episode. It's not. Here's my opinion. They're garbage. The bagel bonus. Ooh, bagel boner bonus. You Maybe. put your dick through it. <laughs> uh, the intruder comes back, and she pulls herself back up just in time to slam his hand in the window. Uh, and then they fight to kind of hold the window in place so he can't open it, she can't close it. Uh, before she remembers that the hammer is in that room. So she quickly jumps back, grabs the hammer, and sticks it, like, I don't know what you would call that, screw remover side, into his arm. Yeah, it's it's like a standard hammer, so it's got the flat point on one and then the two nail remover on yeah. the other. So she turns it around and jams it into his arm. I, I like this, too, because I don't know if you caught it in the scene. Like, he's very clearly winning this push-up war. Yeah. Like, just showing he's stronger, but she's smarter. Um, but then she just nails him with this hammer. And I didn't actually see quite what she hit him with at the time. I was like, what was that? And then when he yeah. know, pulls it out, it's like, oh, that was the hammer. I didn't get it at all, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know if I blunk when yeah. she picked up his hammer or what. But Yeah, so he, he obviously jumps back and, like, screams, um, causing him to let go of the window. She closes it, locks it, uh... He rips the hammer out of his arm, squirts a little blood out. Um, then he shows Maddie that he had Sarah's phone the whole time, and it's also smashed. Yeah. Um, it is destroyed. Which kind of loose now. He, She's smart. He's strong. He's not dumb. He's he, not an he, idiot. This is definitely not his first night out killing. No, he's not an amateur by any means. No, he's very much a killer. In the, and, and I think he's kind of alluded to at this point, like he's done this before yeah so then he takes one of sarah's earrings and puts it in his pocket i um, really hate that it's all for setup uh-huh <laughs> i hate it i really hate that scene uh maddie just turns around and walks out of the room now that's a g move right here and then she just shuts the door love it <laughs> uh, that i really like she's like all right i'm fucking noping out of here i can't hear hear you at all so it doesn't matter what you do at this point point. and on this point we're gonna end act one perfect Act two opens with Maddie standing in the kitchen as the intruder prowls around outside. 
comes to the front door and looks around before he walks away. And the whole time she's kind of like pinned up against walls, moving around while he's not looking at that area. It's an okay scene. Yeah, like, so this is where the movie really starts to take a down, downward tip, dip, dip for me. I can fucking talk. A townward dip. Uh, townward dip. Uh, where he, it's just a lot of him walking around this house and Metal Gear sawing, catching her, like <laughs> up under this box. Like, it's a lot of that and her. But again, the escape ideas are really good when she has them. Yeah. But a lot of this is just, you can see him walking and her avoiding. And just, it, it, it feels realistic. I just don't care. Like, I wanted more from it. I wish they had kept the mask on and mm-hmm. really fucked with her more before a lot of this movie. Like, they could have done that for three quarters, yeah, three quarters of the movie and I think it would have been a more interesting movie. So, and then as he walks away, we see him go around the back area of the house. She opens the front door and runs outside uh, and then she kind of like doubles back and hides underneath the porch as the intruder walks back by the front. The French? Yeah, the it's front. Uh, the French front. Ah. Yes. Le French. Le French. But yeah, um, really, I really like her dub, like, second guessing herself and being like, no, I, sh- I need to hide stuff like that yeah it, it hits really well and right up after this she you know he walks right by and you can see her tucked under the stairs yeah. and it, it's a legit move you know he's not looking under the stairs he's looking at the house because he knows she's limited and she's just in hiding and he's biding his time because mm-hmm. he can uh, then she feels and sees the intruder walking on the porch above her so she puts her hand up so she can feel the vibrations of where he is um, like she's Toph from Avatar, feeling the vibrations of the Earth. <laughs> uh, man, I went full blue Avatar, not last Airbender. <laughs> so I got really mad for a minute, and then really happy. So my bad. Did you see my brain explode for a minute? <laughs> full blue screen. Yeah, I got real mad, and then because that movie is garbage. But that show is a fucking banger. Man, we gotta get that camera set back up. That was beautiful. <sighs> My bad, bro. <laughs> um, so he walks over, stands right above her, uh, and then she is like somewhat almost caught when she looks up and sees him and her breathing picks up and she has to like cover her own mouth to stifle her breath. It's a good scene because I gotta imagine, you know, if you're deaf mute you're not thinking about sound no like why why is that in your head at all you you don't deal with it it, it said since she was 13 so it's been several decades yeah. it seems like several decades. Uh, i mean she's in her 30s right uh, i guess i late, assume so i was thinking like late 20s early 30s i guess i assume in her 30s but so it's been you know 20 years she's been deaf mute yeah and instantly she's oh shit i gotta cover right because she's she's breathing hard yeah like she makes you know she's audible you can hear her and i just thought it was a great scene right there like it was uh, something i wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. that would be if any other movie it's like yeah shut the fuck up you can hear yourself right. but in this one you can't you have to be noticeable of this stuff okay so then he walks away and she gets up and uh goes to run for it but a crossbow bolt flies right past her head into a tree next to her. 
uh, turns and we see him with his crossbow out uh, reloading. Which is a pain in the ass to do. I don't know if you've ever loaded a crossbow. It sucks. Not personally, but I know they're fucking garbage. It sucks. Dude. Like, that, you gotta be dedicated to that to get that thing done. I mean, there's a whole bar you put your foot on. Yeah, it, like, you, you have sucks. to do it for real. Which I get, you know, it's a fucking crossbow. But... I, I don't like this as his main weapon. I get it, he's a hunter. It's like kind of the vibe. And he yeah. used it before on Sarah. You, you saw the arrow. But, I don't know, I just it, not feeling it, and it comes up a bunch later. I, I don't like it. Yeah, so she turns around and goes to run back towards the house. Uh, she barely avoids being hit by another bolt that sticks into the door. Uh, she closes the door and locks it, and then he walks up to the door, retrieves his bolt, and smiles at her before he walks away. So, again, fucking with her. And I really feel like he could have just, or excuse me, she could have just bolted out. And if she had just kept running, he couldn't have caught yeah. up to her. Or or he definitely couldn't have shot her. He couldn't have reloaded it that fast to get another good shot off. He already missed the first time, which I do not think was on purpose. I think the second miss was on purpose. The second one at the house, for sure. Yeah. But the one into the woods? No. I think he just missed her. I think that was just going for the spooky to turn her around and it yeah. worked. But if she had just kept booking it, I think she would have been fine. So then... She runs upstairs and watches as the intruder reloads again. She watches him patrol around uh, the yard, and then she climbs out of an upstairs window onto, like, uh, like the upper first floor ceiling, like, above her porch. She's on, like, the roof, but, yeah, like, on a porch, like, above a porch, so yeah. it's flat-ish. Like, it's still semi-angled. So, somewhat slow. Yeah, it's... It's a good, like, I, I like the scene. I like, again, I like her escape ideas. I really like this one. Yeah. So she, she kind of, like, crouches down, turns on a flashlight, and then launches it into the woods. Is it a flashlight? It's a flashlight, yeah. Okay, so I thought it was the, uh, the, the, uh, the fire, fire alarm. alarm? No, it's a big flashlight. Okay, because I had a real problem with that later. Yeah, no, it's, the fire it's alarm not does fire come alarm. up. Okay, I was like, man, where are all these fucking fire alarms coming from? So, as he goes to investigate, she, like... Slowly as possible, She climb, climbs up... Well, I get it from this. She's walking on the gutter, right, of the, the house. And she gets to, like... Uh, bringing it back to our Nightmare on Elm Street episode, she gets to that weird, like, grapevine uh -huh. thing. And she starts to try to climb down. That's funny. It's exactly what I thought about when I saw this. Yep. Like, oh, damn, Freddy's coming out. Uh, before she gets shot in the leg with the crossbow bolt. Uh, she quickly climbs back up and looks over the edge, uh, almost getting hit by a bolt in her fucking head. Yeah, to see him firing another shot, and she straight up Matrix, yep. <laughs> straight back, legs down. I do not know what yoga prepares you for this fucking angle they Dude, show her at. That wasn't downward dog, I'll tell you that. No. <laughs> that, that'll be $8. <laughs> but yes, she... She does some real action star shit to get uh, away from this bolt. And I don't know if we're supposed to think that he got her with it, because he immediately just starts climbing up after after he shoots. I, I, I think the assumption that he thinks is, oh, I had to have hit her at some point. Like, mm -hmm. this scene was so fast. Yeah. I, I, I mean, from that angle that he's at, what happens, not un 
not uncommon to assume she got hit at least a little bit. And she's already hit in the leg, so yeah. she's damaged. So he climbs, but he goes like crossbow first and puts the crossbow up uh, as he starts to pull himself up, allowing her to grab the crossbow and knock him off Which, um, as he falls like a big fall to the ground. Like it, It's a good fall. Ten plus feet. I don't like that as this experienced killer, he throws this crossbow up, just no. assuming he hit her. I don't like that. So, you, you know, I, I don't know why he even climbed, to be honest. And I, I got, I yelled this a hundred times watching it. She kicks him off. Great. He hits down. He's down. Jump on him and crush that boy. She's yeah. not heavy, but from that height, she would have killed that guy. I mean, she, him. she has a couple crossbow bolts. I know you can't load that thing. Throw a bolt at him. See if it sticks. Uh, jump on him. Just fucking crush his ribs. He's done. Yeah. From, like, it's one one story down. Man, I didn't think about that. Like, that was my... I, I was so mad. It's like, if you're trying to end this, you end this now. <laughs> Hit him with the macho it, man elbow Exactly. Drop. Fuck this boy up. <laughs> and it's a straight horror thing. You know, it's always yelling at the screen. Just yeah. Fucking watch out in the movie theater, boys. But... <laughs> Uh, right there. Everything's smart, and then this moment, she's just like, I'm gonna load this crossbow. Yeah, so she she, she scrambles back across the gutter to the window as he climbs up again, and she gets safely back in with the crossbow, uh, closing the window right before he can get there. He gives her almost, like, a respectful, like, okay, you beat me there, and then he walks away. Right. Like, a, a little, like, nod. Yeah, but the hunt's still on. He still has a knife that, you you know, he killed Sarah with. I love his knife. It's a it's a, a baller knife. It's not it's not a ghost face buck knife. Don't get me wrong, but it's like a a wood handled, like almost old school army knife. Uh, and I, I just really enjoy it. I love knives. Shout out Arizona Calgary. Um, I'm gonna take that shout out back. <laughs> give me money. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she crawls into the bathroom, locks the door, and she sits up against the math the bathtub. And pours some peroxide on her crossbow bolt wound, which is bleeding heavily. Uh, which and, and then she wraps it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you get shot with an arrow, aren't you supposed to push through, not pull out? It's the yeah, same rules yeah, for baby making. Because it like pull. <laughs> yeah, because it, it like pulls the skin. Yeah, back like they're designed to go through. through, not come back out. Yeah. So yeah, you, you're definitely not supposed to pull that out. <laughs> It's like if you get stabbed, you're not supposed to pull it out because then you can be Oh, pulled. man. Goddamn it. Fucking screen TV show happens every eight minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching it. It's we'll, fucking we'll terrible. That, man. No, it's not. No, I'll tell you all the reasons why it's bad. Give me 13 of them. I'll kill myself. Yeah, I got you. I'll give you 13 reasons why. <laughs> so she, she picks up the crossbow, and now we see that there's 13 markings scratched onto it. Uh, oh, I definitely did miss this scene. Yeah, fingers on it for about 20 seconds. I was not paying attention. I was so mad at him, her not jumping on it and giving her that fucking elbow. Yeah, and we kind of see here he's been keeping track of his kids. Oh, yeah, I totally missed this. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, Doesn't she, make this movie any better. She attempts to load a bolt in... Uh, for roughly 45 to 60 days. Yeah, and... It's, it's not, most of this fucking movie from this point. I swear it's to not God. Amazon Prime shipping. There are supply chain issues. It is fucking terrible. <laughs> and then as she's loading it, we see the the man outside the window watching her try and load it. And, and he goes, eh, not so easy, is yeah, it? Yeah, just the snarky cut. And her fingers are getting fucked up bloody. Oh, yeah. And I just... I, so, and how she's trying to load it is she's literally just 
holding crossbow like vaguely and pulling on the string, which is not how you load. Like you said, like they have foot holes yeah. to pull these strings up, and she eventually gets to that and still fucks it up. And the whole time, she's like, you don't need the crossbow. You have the arrows. You, you took the weapon away. Yeah, yeah. Break, you, you don't need it. Break the weapon, keep the ammo. Yeah. That's all you really need. Yeah, because now you have a stake, pretty much. Yeah. Tie it to a stick. You have a spear. Son of a bitch. So good. <laughs> uh, then we cut to another man knocking on the front door, yelling out to Sarah. Uh, it's her boyfriend, John. Yeah, boy, John's coming in. Uh, he sees the message that Maddie wrote on the door in lipstick and uh, is on high alert when the killer uh, runs around from the side of the house yelling, hey, put put your hands up. Um, Straight up Zodiacs, this boy. Yeah, I actually, this is like a scene where it kind of picked back up for a I minute. I love this part. I love this, like, very specific scene, and then right after, I'm just done with it. Yeah, so John John pulls out his phone to, like, text Maddie, or, or Sarah, I guess, and then the killer runs around the side of the house with a flashlight in his face saying, hey, drop it, you know, fucking put your hands up. Uh, Keep in mind, this guy's just dressed in that best civilian clothes. Yeah. Uh, and then he, we see he's pretending to be a cop. He makes John get down on his knees and... Uh, and he doesn't have a gun. He just has the flashlight. Yeah. But he's holding it up like he's kind of gun flashlight mm-hmm. style. And he, and he asks for ID. John gives him the ID. Uh, killer says that he responded to a call. And the person who was here knocked him out, took his phone, took his gun, and his walkie-talkie. Uh, I like that explanation a lot. It would be great if he had any type of police uniform on. Yeah. That, I mean, that's my whole thing. And it, come, it comes up very quickly that John kind of figures this out. But. Yeah, so he, he has to use John's phone to call for backup, and then John gets a little suspicious and says, Are you a cop? Like, who are you? Right. Um, Which where... good question. You know, get on. And I don't know who the actor that plays him, but he looks very familiar, and I cannot place him. I, I couldn't either, but uh, he did really good. No, he killed it. Like um, I, he he's not in it very long, folks. His but... name is, I believe, his name is Michael Truco. Uh, that's fine. Um, so the killer says he's a deputy, just barely. Um, yeah, I really like his explanations. Like, I just I barely passed the. Yeah, because he he almost seems kind of like likable. There he goes. You know, uh, I'm a deputy man, but just barely, and kind kind of giving himself a personality for this and I don't you kind of get the hint that he's done shit like this yeah you know he's got his whatever kills apparently on his yeah. crossbow so John uh, then gives him his phone and he pretends to make a call basically saying like hey I need backup here I got a situation uh, they talk about the message that Maddie wrote uh, as the killer slightly puts John's phone into his pocket yeah we're, the pocket's pretty smooth but no matter what, you're gonna be like, "Can I have my fucking phone back?" Yeah, and then and he doesn't uh, even question it. He asks if, uh, "Hey, do you know if anyone else can get into the house? Like, is there anybody else nearby?" Uh, John says, "No, she lives really alone." And then notices blood on the killer's arm and his like, clothes, and he says, "Yeah, the uh, the guy that knocked me out was really big. He was actually about your size, actually." Really playing at it. This is where it feels like pr- kind of crappy. I don't know. I liked it. I liked he was kind of like trying to throw suspicion back a little bit. I Try, guess. Trying to make John kind of back off being so aggressive. That's, that's fair. I guess I thought it more of almost like a, not a brag, but a shitty commentary, I guess. I, I didn't really think of it as a, 
I suspect you. Gotcha. So, like, yeah, I, I guess I that, that's a better explanation for what he's saying. I, I like that a lot more. Uh, and then John asks for his phone back. Um, when the killer gives it to him, Sarah's earring falls out of his pocket. Cool. Uh, John then asks if Maddie's the one who made the call, uh, and then says, well, you know, she's deaf and mute, so she no won't be able to. Yeah, no way this happened. Uh, then the killer says, oh, well, must have been your girlfriend then. Yeah, the, the, every t- the, the killer's response in all these is really good, Yeah, where he is really yes-anding and playing the dumb role well. Playing like someone who doesn't know information that he definitely knows at this point. Right, like, he, he hits it well, but if the this taking the earring and trying to steal the phone, it's all bad writing to just set up the suspicion. Yeah. Where if he had just not done these things, he would have gotten away with it a lot easier. And then we cut back to Maddie for a second as we see she's still trying to load this crossbow. Uh, and she kind of gives up for a second, falls over, and starts crying. It's been fucking an hour, yeah, and she's still loading this And thing. then we cut back to John and the killer. Um, and John says, hey, you know, she, she actually, if, if my memory serves correctly, she has a, a spare key in this planter, and he points off, like, the porch. And the killer's like, oh, okay, this one? And they, they kind of walk over, and they go to check for it. As uh, John's like... You were definitely not explaining how shitty the acting is in this scene, because he is so obviously trying to get this cop to walk downstairs supposed cop to walk downstairs and I he obviously he, suspects him and the killer's like well I'm obvious on high alert. It, it's just I such a bad scene I think that might be part of it though I think it might be kind of like we both kind of know what's going on here that's a dumb reason to do this it would have been better for John to keep playing off until he could have gotten a better sneak up on him so yeah he he kind of stutters his way through like Oh, yeah, you know, there's uh, probably a key over there. And um, he just keeps pointing. He's like, I'm not going over there. You should go over there. Yeah. Tee hee hee. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll stay right here. Stuff like yeah, that. it's really bad. I do not like it. I think it's a really shitty scene with an obvious outcome. So the killer starts to walk forward, and John kind of follows behind him. He says, you know, who do you think did it? Uh, and uh, do you think, like, Maddie and Sarah are all right? And the killer says, well, you know, since they called it in, they probably got away. I like that line where, again, he's getting back to believable cop. Yeah. Uh, then John brings up uh, how Maddie's car is really fucked up. Um, like, you know, obviously her tires are slashed, stuff like that. Uh, and then we see him pick up a rock and put it behind his back. Uh, as the killer leans down, John goes to strike, but Maddie starts pounding on the door and distracts John. Uh, so he turns looks at Maddie, and then just a quick stab to the neck by the killer. Straight stab in the in the neck. It's really good. It looks great. Yeah, it's a, you get like a good spurt of blood. It looks solid. I like the kill. It's um, really dumb timing-wise. Like, just, she just happened to come out right the yeah. second, right when she's about to be, this is where the movie's, like, I've, I've already said it's on a downward slope. I mean, that that's just a horror movie logic. It that, is. Right? It's just bad writing where they're just putting... I can't even say what they're putting against story and plot, because they're just putting nothing. They're just putting scenario. Yeah, it's just plot points to progress the story and get rid of characters. Yeah, like... Just, get the kill count up. Yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. So John, It could have been written better. I, I would have loved if he just... He grabbed the rock, he sees the rock, it doesn't allude to it, and... yeah gets the, you know, tricks him again. That would have made more sense than other than fucking Maddie just start banging on this door or 
for no reason. Yeah, so John uh, tries to fight, like he's throwing wild punches, and the killer's basically just saying, hey man, look. It's it, over. It's, it's done, man. Like, there's there's no point. It's, I, I like fun. it, too. Again, the killer's... Um, it just feels legit. Yeah, and he straight up says, look, man, you're fucking big. There's no way I could have taken you to fight. Yeah, and the John is big. He's a big dude. He's, he's he towers like, over the killer and linebacker. Right? Yeah, he's he's you know ripped his shit. He would have demolished this guy in a one on one. Yeah, and I, I really like that the killer acknowledges. That. Yeah, it's not just like I'm better than you. Yeah, he, he knows he only kills women. Uh, <laughs> so John pops up and jumps at him one last time and tackles the killer as Maddie. Starts to load the crossbow again. <laughs> fucking stop loading this goddamn crossbow. Uh, Sucking six hours to take her to do this. Then John starts choking the killer, gets on top of him, full hands on the neck as Maddie runs out the back door. Um, and like, it's John's bleeding out, and the killer just you know pushes him along. Yeah, I think he's choking him from behind, right? Like, no, it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty yeah, John's on bad. top of him, and the killer's got him, you know, arm Re- around the throat. Reverse. Yeah, yeah. John is... The killer's on top of John. John's got the killer in a choke. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. John starts choking the killer, and then Maddie goes to run away um, as John uh, dies just before he can choke the killer out. Which I don't like. Well, I mean, realistically, John wouldn't even got this close. Even if he had him in a choke. If he's that close to dying, he's got no strength. Yeah. Like, it's not happening. But it's it's a, not a bad scene. Yeah, it's she, just unrealistic. She, uh... She does okay in this scene, I guess. <laughs> Continue. So she, she runs out the back, but the killer catches her, knocking her to the ground, and bashing her head in with a brick. Several times. Several times. And... That's where we're going to end Act 2, man. God damn it. Alright, Act 3 opens with... A real piece of shit scene. Maddie's funeral. Yes. Uh, no, just kidding. She's new, and she's late for her her, uh, math test. Psych! God damn it. (laughs) Uh, This was all her envisioning what would happen if she actually did run. This is her writer's brain that they brought up for eight seconds earlier to envision all of her different yeah. and outcomes in this scenario. And then we cut back to the scene of John dying right before he can choke the killer unconscious. Um, Maddie then envisions multiple scenarios like her running, her trying to use the crossbow, uh, her trying to get the power turned back on, or just hiding it out. And she knows that she's losing way too much blood and she's running out of time. Uh, I do like, out of all of this, that she, that she does also point out I know I don't have enough time. He knows that too. So yeah. Here are my options. And he also has the advantage of being able to hear her. What? Who would have thought? I right? thought he was the deaf one. Uh, <laughs> she done hush the husher. So she decides she can't run or hide. So what can she do? The one thing she already knew she could do, but they're gonna say is new. Kill him first. Oh, cool. The one thing you should have done with a goddamn elbow drop off the fucking roof. <laughs> My gosh! Fucking anything. God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, she she's saying all of this in her head, and then she signs out in ASL Kill Him. It, it, yeah, 
And she's talking to herself. Yeah. It's a really weird conversation. It's, it's kind it's, of like blood loss delusion. Yeah, it's the only time she does this, so I guess maybe the blood loss is a good excuse for it, but anytime she's communicated, it's been via, you know, electronics yeah. or ASL, and now, now she's just talking to herself like she doesn't know her own thoughts. Yeah, so then we cut back to the killer, looting John's body and finding a crowbar in Maddie's trunk. Um, then he kind of sits out front, uh, takes a pack of cigarettes out of John's pocket and starts smoking one. Because these things will kill you, as every fucking yep. classic horror movie smoker says. Yep. And he uh, is talking to John's body and he goes, what do you think, John? Should I just go in there and get, get this over with now? I actually do like the conversation with the body for no reason. Like, just... I liked it too. It, it seems like something this guy actually would have done because yeah. he obviously isn't a people person. And then he, he says, no, you're right. I should wait till she loses a little bit more blood. Yep. Uh, showing that he is actually acknowledging that she's losing blood. So just like she had just said. Yeah, and but... then he uh, sees her cat who has come back and is now kind of by her car where he is. He bends down and is kind of like petting, petting the cat. Grabs the name tag to see that her name is Bitch. God damn it! <laughs> Independent little this bitch. Bitch, fucking cat. It's a long-haired cat, so it's ugly as shit. Cat, you stupid bitch. Pretty much. God damn it. That was good. <laughs> I fucking hate long-haired cats. So. I love them. I oh, love cats. Well, I, I love cats too, but long-haired cats are disgusting. What about hairless dogs? Hairless cats. That's just a rat. I love them. Well, you can be wrong all you want. You've been doing it their whole life so far. Why stop now? Um, so he, he pets the cat and he goes, Yeah, well, you'll be with your mom soon enough, or uh, at least she'll be with you. Then he goes to kill the cat. Um, I was losing my shit Watch, I was like, don't you fuck... As soon as I saw the cat in the beginning, I was like, that cat's gonna die. Uh, I was like, don't you fucking dare kill this fucking cat. He did not... Even hair, shave it. That's fine. <laughs> But do not kill this cat. Uh, so he, he brings the knife closer and closer before a crossbow bolt flies into his shoulder. She finally got it reloaded, dude. Finally, and she fucking missed. Nah, she didn't miss. She didn't kill him. Because uh, uh, we left out the... She has a whole conversation at the crossbow. It's close range, and you have to hit him in the heart of the brain. Yeah, no other options. It's, it's long range. She long has range. to hit him in the heart or the brain, or it doesn't matter. Yeah. And she hits him in the shoulder. Yep. And she is pretty close to him. Now, I'm sure that is a very hard shot, but... Uh, yeah, so Maddie is stood on the front porch now uh, and runs inside as he pulls out the bolt and starts chasing her. Again, aren't you supposed to push those through? It still seems wrong to me. Yeah. I mean, this guy would know better than me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they really cared about that. I don't think they're John Wicking there their arrow logic. I mean, they called it hush for no fucking reason. <laughs> I understood why they called it. It was bad. So, uh, as she runs back into the house, she drops one of the bolts and for some fucking reason turns around and grabs she it. She fucking has to have this bolt. Uh, I think it was literally just set up for this terrifying scene. I love... We'll get to it. It's fantastic. So he, he gets to the door as she reaches out of the door for it, slams the fucking sliding door on her hand, and it's kind of sticking out. And then what does he do, Zach? This boy stomp, curb stomps this fucking hand. It is brutal as fuck. Beautiful. He destroys her, and 
For the rest of the movie, her hand is fucked. Dude. It she, is brutal as fuck. He fucking full force just bam it right down on the fucking it. Hand. It's arguably the best shot in the movie. It, oh yeah, I think so. And it gave me, it made me real uncomfortable. Yeah. I, like watching it, like it felt, it was visceral, man. You could feel that yeah, shit. Yeah, and obviously she doesn't scream. So we just see her like mouth wide open the pain on her face Which i really like and he has one line a little later mm-hmm. coming we'll up there. that yeah like yeah. kind of alludes better to this so she uh she pulls her hand in and closes the door and locks it as the killer kind of looks at her and says i'm coming in now he he lets her close this door so that he can fuck with her a little more but he's ready to finish this job and then she writes in her own blood do it and then underneath that coward. I really hate that she goes from wallowing in pain on the floor to serious fucking Sydney face. Yeah. Screen corner. Ah, <laughs> ah. But she gets super serial, stands up, and then dips her good hand in her fucking leg blood and just starts writing on the window. It's like, a really wacky scene. I think do it would have been fine. Coward was a little bit of uh, fucking, you didn't need that. I... It's like he's already doing shit. I, I really thought it was a Home Alone moment where she had set up some sort of prank system to kill this guy. It's it's Nightmare on Street. It is like well, cause she, and she had right before all this, you know, I've got to kill him. Yeah. And they have not a montage, but kind of her getting ready scene. And I I really thought something was she had planned some type of attack or event. I would have loved and the traps. Cross, well, and I thought the crossbow in the shoulder was on purpose at that point. I was like, mm. oh, she wants him to come into this house. Spoiler alert, she fucking doesn't. Her plan was not to get her fa- her fingers stomped into oblivion. No. Into the shadow realm. It's straight in, man. Jinzo, you couldn't tell him nothing. You go fuck yourself. You don't know what any of that means. No. James Mendoza knows. Sounded funny. Yes. <laughs> um, someone to drop oh my god, everything you just said felt so bad. <laughs> my grandpa's deck has no weak cards. Exodia! Fucking finish this banger piece of shit. Anyway, um, so oh, that's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. Perfect, I love my Yu Gi Oh references. It's half the podcast. It really is. So he, he walks away and she runs over to her laptop. And she writes a description of the guy uh, as he starts to kind of smash in the door with the crowbar from outside. Uh, and she she even writes, like, I love you, you know, mom, dad, Max, I died fighting. So a couple of problems with this scene. One, well, not a problem. I love that she's writing it under I need money. Yeah. Or give me money from earlier. Uh, why didn't she type this up before? There was no reason for her to come out the time she did. She did save the cat, but she wouldn't have known that unless she was straight staring at him. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like a really forced scene. And two, uh, a crowbar to this window. This guy's hammering this crowbar. It, it's and he not, never breaks his glass. It's not, like, shattering like it should. No, it's just, like, splintering. Yeah. And, and he fucks it up, but he it, does not get through this glass. It, it's like plexiglass. I guess. Or, like car windshield glass yeah. like, like hitting the cracks. I, I just don't know maybe, maybe that's what cabin glass is made out of or but maybe that's how sliding doors work or wherever that movie was filmed I guess it just seemed really weird 
Like mm-hmm. it was just to buy time, so she write this note that she could yeah. have written at any point. Oh, uh, so she grabs the the knife again and runs into the uh, bathroom and sits up against the bathtub and like points the knife at the door, like like she's in fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, she's ready to fucking uh, aloha more this boy. not even preface since this movie's fucking over. I had several people tell me this movie was a banger of bangers. It's good! It, it's not fucking good! It's good. It has a good, like, eight minutes. You fucking You'll never work for Rotten Tomatoes. You'll oh, never work in this town. I guess I can't give everything 100% piece of shit movies. They're fucking terrible, man. Um, so, we see her vision kind of start to blur... And then she's like kind of passing out, but keeps herself awake. As we see the window behind her start to like break, and glass starts raining down behind her. And it's not like a zoom in on it; it's very subtle in the background. It, like you almost can't notice it unless you. Like, there's very slight movement in the yeah, background. Yeah, so it's it's zoomed in on her face, and Who's we see still in, like blackout mode. Yeah, and we see some, some like sprinkles behind her, and then shards start coming down. And it's all in, like, slow-mo. It's really good, actually. Like, mm-hmm. the lowering of this, it, very obvious what was going to happen, yeah. but the way they shot it was really good. And then we see his boots and legs come down behind her, and then we see a shot of him sitting behind her in the bathtub. So uh, so he's still super cocky, you know, I'm mm-hmm. finishing this now. And then he's about, I would say, a foot away from the back yeah. of her head, and he has the knife out, and he says, you know what, I think you're holding out on me. I think if I if I hit you just the right place, I can make you scream. I don't like the line. <laughs> I don't like this line. It's like a really a dumb thought because this guy smashed this boy hand real good. Yeah. But the next scene is shot so well, I have to appreciate it. I love how it looked. So. So yeah, he he says this line, and then we see. The way he was speaking was causing his breath to kind of come out a little harder, and it moves her hair slightly to where she feels like her hair move, spins the knife around, and turns as he goes to stab. So the knife goes past her neck, she turns and plants the knife into his leg. It's a really good aerial shot, so you see him, she's turning, he just barely misses this girl while she's turning around, flipping the knife, turning around, and stabbing. Uh, but, like, going back to the breath shot, like, I don't think it was that he was talking so hard. I think that it was, he was saying something, and she obviously has some type of sensation when it comes to vibration, because she can feel, like, different things, Mm -hmm. because that's how she communicates, essentially, at this point, for 20-plus years, is my assumption. Um, so I, I, it it seemed plausible that she would have known he was there, the reaction is ridiculous, I mean, but it, it looks fantastic. We see her hair move. Yeah, but I think that's just to give you the visual. Gotcha. I don't think okay. it's more than that. I that think that's, makes more yeah, sense to me. I think that's more as just for the movie itself, for the viewer. I think it, putting it in the her shoes is, you know, this guy is fucking mouth breathing all over. <laughs> and so uh, she stabs him, he drops his knife, and I have a problem with this. Leaves her knife in his leg and runs away. Again, stab jump him. on the body, stab him. Do whatever you... She's got advantage. 
Roll that nat 20, baby. <laughs> Roll it again. See what happens. It's fucking awful. Oh, my God. Like, especially, like, any time leading up to this, it's horror rules. She has already said in her non-speaking voice, I need to, I kill, need him. to kill him. Keep going. Yeah, like, don't try and, like, this guy's been stabbed, shot, fucked up, almost choked out. He's fucked up. This is She's zombie land. Double, double tap. Double tap. Stop this boy. It is scream. Ah, rules. Shoot him in the head. <laughs> oh, so she limps up to the kitchen, falls, and then the killer slowly walks out of the room to see her, like, laying up against, or sitting up against the kitchen counter. And he gets close, and then she fucking sprays him with wasp killer in his eyes. That's some brutal <sighs> shit. And this guy loses it. That would be fucking done. You know how bad that would burn and how long? That shit stings like a motherfucker. And for the rest of this movie, I would say a quarter of his face is fucking bright red. Beat red, yeah. Looks he's, so good. Looks good. His reaction is not great. Like, he hits it for a minute, but then he's back to kill mode. Yeah, so he he jumps back, and then she grabs the fire alarm and triggers it, uh, causing, you know, the loud noise, the flashing light, and he covers his ears, drops his knife... He's, you know, trying to protect his ears from this obnoxiously loud sound. I like it, but I don't like it. You know, it it was the whole reason why the food got burnt at the beginning. Yeah. To pull this thing down, to put it in arm's reach. All plot device, not realism, I guess. And, yeah, and I'm sure that thing is loud as fuck, but to stop him, I, I doubt it. Uh, and he actually kind of falls back, knocks the corkscrew from earlier off the table. Yeah, that's... You remember that? Oh, boy. Um, as she goes for his knife, he rushes her and throws her down before kicking the fuck out of her ribs, dude. Beats like, the shit out of her. She's still got one fucked up hit. She's still yeah. not using it. I think it's her right hand. Yes. Yeah, like, her right hand's still 100% fucked up. So she's just getting the shit kicked out of her. And then he gets on top of her and starts choking her. Uh, Steiner recliner time. So he slams her head into the ground over and over while he's choking her. Because she's, like, trying to fight him still. Yeah. I think she tries to go for his eye, doesn't she? Yeah, she's, like, doing the, the thing you see when people get choked, like, reaching up, clawing at the yeah, face. Yeah, and he's just uh, slamming her head in he, the ground. He, and... She actually digs into his crossbow That's wound right. on his shoulder, yep. and he kind of, like, shrugs her off and goes back to choking. Like, uh, it, it's a pretty good struggle. I definitely yeah. gouged the eye, but all right. And then we hear her heartbeat slowing, and we see flashes of her throughout her life, of her as a kid, her with her family... I didn't really give a fuck about that, but I thought it was fine. Um, it, just, it just didn't fit the rest of the movie, because yeah. they vaguely talk about our family, they vaguely show our sister, and now it's, this is the most important thing in my life, and yeah. it, it just wasn't a, it seemed like filler. So as she's fading, her hand finds the corkscrew, and she plunges it through his throat. We see it go in one side, and a little point comes out the other. I actually didn't see the exit. Until the blood started happening, I was like, oh shit, yeah. there it is. It looks really good. Yeah, it's a solid, like, the, the kills are solid, or the stabs, I guess. Yeah, that's where most of the budget went, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, out of that million, they so... didn't hire anybody worth it. It was just fucking <laughs> everything bagels and this cabin. <laughs> so, she pulls the corpse around, we get a blood spurt out, and he falls dead on top of her. Um, pushes him off, and then she smiles. Uh, she gets her phone... Dials 911 before getting up and walking outside as we see cop cars pull. And that's Hush, baby. 
That's it. That's the fucking movie. <laughs> uh, it started off really solid. I was pretty into it for the first, like, 20 minutes or so, and I really stopped. I really did not like it after... Like, once he removed his mask, and again, we kind of talked about it earlier. Yeah. The thing that made this movie so good also ruined this movie is, like, him... They got so into it so quickly. They removed the mask, and they went straight into the horror, you know. But there was not enough... The only way I put it is, like, psychological torture to make that worth it. There, there wasn't enough of hit scenes of him just purely messing. Yeah, like, it, nothing, like, it focused so much on her and her escapes, which were really good, but all of his bits were so minimal. He didn't really do anything. The cop scene was interesting. See, and this kind of touches on something that you and me talked about uh, off-air in between recordings. We want a movie from the, the villain's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I would love, like, Again, going back to an off-air conversation, I think this would have been a great sequel to him killing Sarah. You know, if they did a whole movie about like what he did there, what was going on, because it's a limited time frame. He obviously tortured this woman. She's covered in cuts and blood. She runs away, and he lets her run to fuck with her, and then goes to the next one. I also kind of thought, once they revealed that the main character was... This is totally other thought. Uh, once they revealed the main character was deaf-mute, I thought uh, by the end of it, he was going to be de um, deaf. Oh, I thought I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool... That, like, I was expecting that would be the plot turn, but obviously not after the cop scene. Um, that, like, that's why it's hush, you know? Everything, mm -hmm. everyone is quiet, but it, it just wasn't enough. Because I really like the title. The Hush is... It's great. It's a great title related to so many great episodes of TV shows. The picture, like the, the main picture for this on Netflix. Him and his mask. Him in the mask. So good. Beautiful. But after the first, like, 20 minutes, he's out in the... Not even 20 minutes, I don't think. It's the first... So it's about the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it, you know, mask is gone, and it's gone for the rest of the movie. So it, I, I would say as, like, an iconic killer that could have potentially got a really cool franchise yes they really just bailed on it instantly like just is... to give this the heroine her her bit mm -hmm. and maybe that's what they were going for they wanted the strong character as every horror movie does i would have loved like get back to it i would have loved to have seen the the villain point of point of view yeah. like seeing him maybe like hearing his thought process as he's walking around outside of her house would have been great yeah um and this kind of comes back to something i mentioned on first episode i ever recorded of this the hellfest episode like seeing um, his previous kills would have been incredible yeah i, I rewatched that movie and i don't know if we talked about it on here or not but i'm sure i, did. I didn't watch that movie i should say mm -hmm. i didn't love the movie but i really like the killer who they do not explain they don't give you it he's just a killer and yeah. he's done it a bunch that's fucking it. I would love to know more about it, but you know, maybe that's what makes it interesting is you don't, because he's just some fucking guy. Yeah, he's just a guy. But and that's what I, I like about more. this guy. He's not like some crazy fucked up serial killer that's escaped from a prison or whatever. No, he's, he's just a dude who who's who hunts people. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously done it before. He has a system that works. He doesn't get caught. I'd love to know more about it. You know what's what's his mo? What's he? Why does he do this? What's his fucked up past? Yeah. Whatever it is. And uh, before we get into the rating here, I, I told you earlier I had a cool little tidbit for you about this movie. Hit it, man. Uh, out of the whole hour twenty two minute runtime, 
there's only 15 minutes of dialogue in the whole movie. That sounds about right. I really like that. I think for a movie where the whole point is the main character can't talk, right? it does so well at really just hammering that in. Like The visual is really solid it's in most all of this visual. movie, yeah. For, besides the parts where she's talking to herself in her head, it is purely visual I mean, in I, her scene. I guess if we're going that route, I would love to have been, as soon as that reveal, maybe after Sarah left, the rest of the movie is silent. That would have been a way better. Oh, Even the killer. Not, yeah. The killer said nothing. The whole John and uh, killer scene is from her point of view of what she does see, which is minimal. I think that would be more interesting. I, I would have liked to see potentially, like, everything, anything that she was involved in be perfectly quiet, but, like, the John and him just talking, that's fine. I like that idea, but, like, running in my head, I just feel like it would cut, the, you know, in the middle of the movie. super jarring. Yeah, it would cut right sense. through all of it, so it would ruin it. Um, but that'd be more interesting. Again, like, I really like the idea of this movie and what they could have done. I think it would have been really cool if he was deaf to kind of play it on both ends. And just like, oh, I know you. I know how to hunt you. Yeah. And even if you won or lost, I think it would have been more interesting, personally. I don't know. I could I could see it going both ways there. I, I enjoy that, uh, not theory, what am I looking for? I enjoy that, that version of it that could have been. Yeah. You know, the, the what if version of yeah. this movie, I think, could have been a lot more interesting. The movie is not terrible, but... And I think it was definitely overhyped to me when I got into it, and I'm definitely a harsh critic when it comes to movies. That's fair. Like, you had told me that a bunch of people had told you about this movie. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, even after another watch? Yeah. most of the time when you tell me you love a movie, we rewatch it, and you're like, man, that wasn't that good. I'm no, like, I, yeah, I love I it. I fucking know. Like, this, I think, is my shortest amount of pages so far. There's only I only have 15 pages of notes here. Yeah, I think our record is very short on this one, like barely gonna be over an hour i think even after editing which is why we're just talking yes fuck you <laughs> so um yeah man what do you give this movie how uh, many how many double disabled authors out of 10 double disabled authors this is again a very mid-range movie so wait if i double it is that give it a double rating um yes oh shit uh 2.5 then <laughs> so you're going with a five huh yeah it, it was fine. This is 100% a mid-range horror movie for me. I liked it for the most part, but it could it had so much potential to be so much better. I'm going with an 8. Wow. I love Holy shit. this movie. This was not that good. This movie, like, throwing it back to the first time I saw it, I fucking enjoyed it. It was the fastest watch that I've done for this show so far. It's the only time where I've watched a movie that took three hours for me to get notes for, and it didn't feel like it. That's because there's fucking 15 minutes of dialogue. Yeah, but I wrote everything. I wrote the whole movie. I guess. <laughs> there's a lot of detail we could have got into. I kept. I yeah. interrupted you a lot. Uh, I don't know. Like, the movie is fine. I think it could have been a lot more interesting, but overall, they just didn't hit a lot of things they could have. Uh, I do want to give a random shout out to whoever mailed me a letter with no return address that just said, bitch, <laughs> you're my favorite person. I That's want great. to marry you. Courtney, don't listen to this. Courtney, we have, we have a trouble. <laughs> Come on the podcast. She doesn't You're have three that. rooms away. <laughs> I don't have three rooms in this house. Uh, you're one Slenderman dimension away. There you go. Slenderman. 
John Slenderman. <laughs> Slenderman. Mr. Slenderman was my father. That's right. <laughs> Call me John. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, think, I think we've done it, man. <laughs> On that note, this has been another session of Scarapy. Because therapy is too goddamn expensive. And our time's up, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>